Welcome to the Self-Publishing Queen podcast. My name is Josiane Fortin and I'm a self-published author. I'm obsessed with helping and motivating writers to publish their books and share their gift with the world. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to take action and be the writer you want to be. Let's go! Hello, writer. I'm Josiane Fortin, and today I'm so excited to be talking to Ashley Adams. So she has self-published one book, and it was all about helping other women feel less alone and more inspired to push through to the other side. So she'll share with you her personal story. So Ashley, thanks for being here. Please tell us a little bit more about you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Um, So I am Ashley Adams. I am a married mom of three. My kids are one, seven, and nine. Um, My day-to-day, I work in marketing, um, and I have been working from home for a very long time now, since middle of March. And in fact, our office just announced we are not going back in until 2021. So getting nice and settled in in my home office and feel really fortunate that I have that. And so like what, like you've said you have self-published one book, right? And what inspired you to write that first book? Yeah, so my book is a memoir um, that I published at the end of this past year called The Other Side of the Door. And it's a memoir about my marriage to my first husband who was an alcoholic. And we actually separated when my um, first two children were very young, um, almost one and three years old. And what I found when I hopped on Amazon to go and look for some books, that there weren't any. Um, They were looking for help, right? You were looking for someone that was living in the same, like, experience. Yes. And surprisingly, there just wasn't anything to be had. Almost every divorce book that I found or co-parenting book I found started at elementary age. And I was like, oh my gosh, there have to be other people who have gotten divorced when their children were super young. Um, So that's kind of what inspired the journey. I didn't necessarily know I would write a book, but I journaled for a really long time um, to not only help with myself and, and healing, but also in case I did decide to write a book that I would have a lot of good content to, to pull yeah. from. So you were looking for a book to help yourself and then you realized there was none. So how long did it take from that realization and starting to actually write something that you wish you would have read back then? Like how long did it take? Yeah. So, um, I got divorced, um, five years ago and then the book published at the end of last year. So, um, it was about four years start to finish. Um, but I didn't really get serious about writing it. Um, ironically until, so I I got remarried a couple of years ago and, um, on my last maternity leave was when I decided I will never have a break like this from work again. Let me like dedicate this time and write this book. So that's when I really got serious with my you know, 150 plus typed pages of just journal entries. Um, And I started with that and then added in um, just kind of like the go forward, like what has changed in my life and and where I am today um, to kind of give it a more cohesive feel. Okay. So it, does it read like a journal, like with dates or did you edit the whole thing? Yeah, I edited the whole thing just to be more of like a storytelling, um, okay. but I used the journals for a lot of the copy and, and I started, that was my starting point. And there were, there's a few places where I felt like the entries themselves were more powerful. And so I did keep those in and, and kind of separated those out as an actual entry. 
Yeah, and now that this book is out into the world, who would you say is your ideal reader? Like, who will get the most out of that book? It's funny, when I first started writing, I really thought my audience was going to be people who were exactly like me, who were going through a divorce and had really young children and just like needed to know that someone else had gone through that and that it was going to be okay. Um, but what I have since learned is, yes, that is kind of my target audience and who I want to make sure I'm reaching. But I have found so many people reach out to me who told me their parents were alcoholics or told me that their story related to them in some other way. And I think there's just something about hearing someone's story firsthand that whether you went through something similar or even different, just being in someone else's pain and seeing them come out of it, I think is something a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. And had you always wanted to write a book or is just, just like something that happened to you? Yeah, I don't know that I ever thought I would write a book. I used to, in high school, I did a lot of poetry, and I loved, I always loved writing in English, but it was certainly never a career aspiration, um, but I definitely have the itch, and it, it was, it was such a seamless process once I learned what I was doing, that um, I just, I really enjoyed it, and I probably would do it again. Okay, so you're thinking of doing it again, but do you have anything, like, taking form in your head, or not at all? Oh. Yeah, my oldest is nine now, and um, she really wants to write a book with me. So I think I actually, my next book, I'm going to try a children's book. Okay. So similar topic, um, and I want to use her perspective of how would we tell that story, um, yeah. because that was hard for her as a three-year-old. You know, my youngest doesn't really have any memory, um, but my three-year-old, that was really hard for her when, you know, all she knows is her daddy puts her to bed every night, and now he doesn't. Um, and she was no longer seeing him. So I think there's a lot of value in a children's perspective as well. Right. So parents could use that to explain yep. like what it's like, like to go through a divorce. So I feel like a lot of people would need that. Yeah. And what advice would you give to someone looking to write a book? I would say just ask for help finding like resources like this. The fact that you are forming this podcast is going to be so helpful for people. I had no idea what I was doing and I just happened to be in a Facebook group that wasn't even for writers. And a woman um, was asking for feedback on, I think some book covers and she was self-publishing and I had reached out to her and just said, Hey, tell me about what you're doing. And she was so sweet. And, um, uh, she, we took a call together. She gave me a couple of resources that I use, which I'll, I'll share those as well. But she just let me pick her brain for like 30 minutes. And I had so many questions because I didn't really understand the publishing world, much less the self-publishing world and why you would do one versus the other. Because yeah. in my head, I envisioned I was going to write this book and I would spend the next five years pitching it to publishing companies. Right. <laughs> and I learned that that's not really what I need to do anymore and how easy um, things like Amazon make self-publishing. Um, so the biggest resources that I used and found helpful was a book called Published by Chandler Bolt, which you can actually get for free um, from his website. Then he tries to pitch you all sorts of other things, but I didn't use them. I, I was able to self-publish for under $1,000 all in. Um, I did pay for um, art design for my cover. That was one of her big recommendations was pay for someone to do that and pay for someone to format your book. Um, there's really good instructions on how to do that, but I knew how tedious it was going to be. My book was, you know, 250 pages. I just, I knew that was going to be tough for me not having a graphic 
design background. Um, so I paid for that. And then I also, um, 99 Designs was the uh, website that I used for my art cover. director. And then I actually ended up using that same guy to do the formatting as well. Okay. Um, but 99 Designs was really cool because that's a contest for freelancers to come in. Um, and so I got all sorts of really neat ideas. I, I put together a creative brief for them, which I work in marketing. So that was helpful that I could really give these art folks, um, a good, um, like idea of what I was looking for. So I got yeah. some really good stuff and, um, and then we just kept doing some reworks till I, I found one I was happy with. And so then once they uh, suggest a cover, you, you decide like which one you prefer and then you tweak it. Like you'd still have some rounds to. Yeah, so basically, I can't remember how long they give you, but your contest is open for like seven days where people can submit stuff. I can give them feedback. So for example, the guy that um, was in my early running, I really liked the idea of his, but I knew his colors were wrong and there were just a couple of things. So I can give them feedback and if they want to come back and give me um, new designs, they can. And then they give you an open contest period. So I emailed the link out. I had a um, launch team Facebook page. Um, that was another piece of advice that I was given so that they helped me with my book cover. They helped me with my book title. Um, that was great. And that was a mix of people who knew me, who were my target audience. And then were just people who were interested, um, in being a part of seeing how a book comes to market. Yeah. So that was great for a lot of feedback. And then they helped me choose my cover design. Yeah. And what would you say was the hardest thing about becoming a self-published author? I think it was just knowing where to go. Um, like I just, I didn't have, I didn't know where to begin. Um, so finding that one person who kind of started guiding me really helped. And then that book really walked me through the whole launch process. So that was hard from like the technical side of it, of how do I get going? The part that was hardest for me in the marketing side of it was I have no following. I didn't have any social media presence in a public setting. I had my own personal one. Um, but I didn't have anything set up, um, with content to show that I'm an expert, to show that I know what I'm talking about, to really, um, build credibility. And so that was the biggest thing for me. And even though I work in marketing, doing social media for something like this was really foreign to me. And I had a really steep learning curve. Um, so I've used just a lot of resources online and I've really played a lot with my own account. Like if you scroll back, you'll see, I used to be really heavy in quotes and, um, I, I've just tried a bunch of different methods. So now I mix in, um, kind of like a mix of photography with family. And then I've most recently started adding in like a tip of the week that I give. So yeah. that helps me build followers as well. Um, and I just started doing all of that shortly before launch so that I had some content there when I went live with my book and I wasn't just this brand new Instagram page. Um, I, I think I'd only had it live for like a month or so. So it wasn't very long, but it did exist. Okay. But then like, since the book is so personal, like how did you feel about sharing that on your, all your personal social media? Was that hard or like? It was very hard. Yeah. <laughs> then people get to read like everything that's inside your head and your heart, right? Yeah. And for me, like, and as most people are who are in a situation like mine, it's very private. Um, nobody knew everything that had been going on in my life prior to when my ex-husband actually left and when his drinking came like out in the open for, we were married for seven years and, um, it was just not something that really anyone knew. He was just kind of like the guy who was embarrassing at parties. Yeah. And um, 
and it was just, it was a lot for people. And it was, I was most nervous for my mom to read it because, you know, I didn't want her to be brokenhearted. And I just had to remind her when I gave her the copy, like, I'm okay now. Look at my life now. Everything is yeah. fine. Um, I also, um, like there were people's names that I changed for privacy, um, just to make them more comfortable. I knew that if I ever, um, decided to do public speaking or anything on this, it would be too hard for me to like change too many details. So I kept like my core story truthful and then like all of the peripheral characters, I, I changed their names just to make it easier on them. Okay. So what you did for your launch is that you used your personal Facebook page and then did you build another Facebook page or just an Instagram page? Yeah. So Instagram is my main channel that I use. I also have a Facebook page that goes with it. Um, admittedly, I have not done much with it. It exists. Um, that's meant to be more of a companion to the book, like as a resource for these women. Um, that one is called the other side of motherhood. So it's meant to be more of a support group. Um, and I just haven't had the time to get that one off the ground, but it does exist. So if people go, there's a little bit of content there. Um, but I really try and stay day to day, just in Instagram, um, yeah. to help promote. And then with the launch, what's really nice. So I launched through Amazon and, um, and they do a really nice job. Like your first, when the book goes live of giving you free promotions. And when you, when you take advantage of their free promotions, you're limited to five days, which I didn't know. Um, five days per quarter, you can, you can list your Kindle version for free. So I have a paperback and a Kindle and you can price everything yourself, however much you want. So um, one of the guidelines that I use was basically your first week free, $1.99, basically keep going up until you find that sweet spot. And for me, not having a following, and I think it would be different if I, um, if and when I publish a second book. But for me, what I found interesting was tons of interest right off the bat from it being free. And then just from like all of my nosy family, friends and coworkers yeah. who wanted to buy the book, like <laughs> that was a lot of my early purchases. Um, and then you kind of hit this lull while it starts building, but where it's really helpful and what I found really valuable is the Amazon algorithm is looking for the fast volume of purchases. So yeah. that helps your launch naturally. If you launch for free, you're going to skyrocket up in rankings. Um, and then any of the purchases that you get, what I think is so interesting, um, is I will see my ranking even today, like just change so dramatically based on if I sold two paperback copies that particular day, uh, which I think is so interesting when you think about the millions of books that are on Amazon. If someone is in the top million, then they've probably sold a book that day. <laughs> yeah. And how did you decide on your price? So the Kindle, well, the ebook version, you did the promotion and like, how does it retail for right now? And yep. how about the printed version? Yeah. So I still play with it a little bit, but in general, I keep the Kindle at $5.99 um, and I'm in the U.S. So $5.99 American and um, $11.99 for the paperback. Um, I have gone down as low as I think I'm allowed. They have a floor where you're yeah. allowed to be. Um, right. but I think I've gone down as low as $2.99 on the Kindle without the promotions and then down to like $9 or $10 on the paperback. Um, because you, in general, make more on the Kindle than you do on the um, paperback. Yeah, because they don't have like any printing costs. So it, right. like you get more royalties about on yep. that. 
And like we talked about how you promote your book, but do you have a strategy to promote yourself as a writer? Uh, yeah, so I am really just playing with Instagram a lot and I've recently joined, um, a community, a monthly community that you pay for, um, called social curator. Uh, and that is run by a woman named Jasmine Starr. And I've been a big fan of hers recently, recently uh, discovered her. And what I like about her is she really dumps it down for you. If you are trying to learn how to activate in social media and in Instagram in particular, how do I get better engagement? How do I get more followers? Um, how do I get them to purchase? And she yeah. gives a lot of really good tips for that. So I've been, um, I've been using her group the last couple of months. And then I've also been trying to get myself out there with podcasts like yours. Yeah, cool. So you said it's the fourth, fourth one, right? That you are on? This is the fourth one. Yeah, I did yeah. one right after I came out and then I actually did two more last month and then this one. And this one was so nice because this one was not necessarily focused on like my story as much and more on like helping others with book writing and self right. It's awesome. <laughs> and so as an author, like you said, like that's not your main source of income. You work in marketing and you talk maybe that someday you would like to do some speaking engagements. Like, do you have other sources of income uh, regarding the writing or is that it for now that's it for now um my most recent one that i have forced myself to get into reluctantly is i did start a wordpress site with um blog posts so that one i just started a couple weeks ago and that one the more i keep reading about how to create evergreen content and get your name out there. And then, wow, what if something happened to go viral on a blog post that I write? So I decided that was worth it for me to make that investment. And start, I'm starting with, for the most part, recycled content from the book and how can I take some shorter segments of those and put it into a post uh, to help in, um, find a new audience there as well. Okay. And so you're kind of building your platform and hoping maybe to have some more books relating to that topic and then you said you're working on a book with your uh your kid is it a boy or a girl a girl a girl and uh do you plan on self-publishing or do you want to try to get a traditional publisher so from what i read is there's not as much value in the publisher these days because they're not marketing the book as much and if i don't have a huge following then there's probably not much value for me to do it. Um, I'm okay that it's reaching a small audience right now. Those small audiences can get bigger over time. And I think what I've written is it's not time dependent and it's okay. If someone finds me in five years, um, I'll continue to help that audience and, and help that audience grow. Um, my hope is yes, I'll self publish that children's book. Um, and I recently had found someone else, um, in a Facebook group who had published a children's book because I actually didn't know the limitations of Amazon's publishing. And if you could do like most children's books are going to be a hardback and they're going to be longer and then the, the nicer pages on the inside. And I didn't know Amazon had that capability, but apparently they do. So um, when I'm Is ready, it going to be all writing or you want drawings in it? Drawings. So okay. I would probably engage um, if not, I don't know if my guy would be great for a children's book, but um, I would probably use 99 designs again to look for, or Fiverr is another site, F I V R are um to look for a freelance um illustrator yeah i've used fiverr like quite a few times yeah and i 
I got like what I wanted, but you do need to go through a couple of rounds like right. before you get the actual look that you want. I feel like 99 designs is more ex expensive, but then I feel they they probably attract people that are more experienced or like have more talent. Yeah, I will it just say depends like how much you want to pay. Right. So I, I do remember when I did the 99 designs, I did a promotion right around Thanksgiving. Um, so in November and what surprised me and I felt bad, um, cause I felt like I kind of dragged my guy along. I didn't realize how finished I should have been with my book. Um, before I engaged with them because they wanted to know my page length. They wanted like all this stuff that I didn't have right. finalized yet because I hadn't formatted. So I, I tried to do the cover before I did the formatting, which ended up being fine. And the guy worked with me and um, it wasn't a big deal, but I was, I was surprised by that. And I hadn't taken that into account as he's designing the cover. He needs to know exactly how big it needs to be based on the width of the book. Right. And then the, the, the size of the cover too, like the, a front page like how big is the front page going to be and then like the exactly. little side like how many pages do you have exactly. and uh, what advice would you give to someone who's hesitant uh, like they want to write a book they're not sure like what advice would you give that person it is so easy to do and you can do it so cheap like I spent under a thousand dollars. I could have done it for half of that, but I decided to spend money on my, my cover art. I think that was like $250. That was my biggest expense. My other big expense actually, um, that brought me probably right at a thousand dollars. I also bought my ISBN numbers. Okay. Um, and that was a good piece of advice someone had given me. I bought a pack of 10 so that now they're just waiting for me and taunting me. So I have to write more. <laughs> right. <laughs> because you need a different ISBN for every version. So paperback, Kindle, if I want to do an audiobook. Uh, so that was that was really good advice too. Because if I hadn't done that, then I can only sell on Amazon. And I actually have done one local event at a small bookstore in my hometown. Um, and so she's able to sell my book there because I have my own ISBN numbers. Yeah. Okay. That's good. And if people want to know more about your book or about you, where can they connect with you? Yes. Well, so now that I've mentioned, I started the blog, I have to post, I have to share that one. Yes. So that is the other side of motherhood.org. And my Instagram is the other side of motherhood. Okay, great. And I'll be sure to share those links in the show notes. And would you like to say one last thing to our listeners before we go? Yeah, I, I mean, just do it. Um, I, there are so many resources out there to help guide you. And the fact that you're already listening to a podcast like this, you are like well ahead of the game. Um, and just do it. It's so fun. And it's so fun when you first launch to wait for those first purchases to come in and watch your Amazon page as you see yes. the spikes in sales. And I thought I would sell five books and I think I sold like 200 on my first day. Now, granted, they were free that first day, but I didn't care. Like 200 yeah. people that I didn't know had my book in their hands. And I just thought right. that was so cool. And it's such a good feeling. And, you know, especially for my content, just knowing that that probably helped a lot of people for the small percentage that reached out to me, like to know that there's other people out there. I think it's awesome. And if you have words to share, you probably have a good reason to share them and other people should hear them. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Bye.
Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review. If you are ready to publish your book, let me take your hand in my course How to Self-Publish on Amazon. I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing!